Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word today. Thank you that it falls on good ground. Thank you that it produces much fruit for your honor and for your glory. I believe, Father, that this message will, will be, there'll be an impartation of your spirit, an impartation of truth, Lord God, that will be a great encouragement to our hearts. We give you all the honor, all the glory and praise because you're the only one that's worthy of it all. Amen. You know, while I was preparing for this third part, our final part of Price Over Comfort, the phrase saved people, serve people rose up in my heart. And there are three important things I want to remind you of that, that make this statement so very important. Well, number one, it's one of our core values. So it has great significance of who we really are as a church. And number two, when you declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior, a divine exchange takes place. That's right. A divine exchange from your sin, your guilt, your shame, your blame. Jesus forgives you, right? He forgives you. That's the thank God for forgiveness. Thank God that he gives us and right standing with him. And he puts us in a place where freedom and liberty become ours. I've been asked the question more than once, what do I have to give up to be a Christian? And I'm straight up with people. I tell them, you'd have to give up misery and sin. You'd have to give up discouragement, depression, fear, worry, anxiety. And if you have guilt and oppression and, and a difficult time letting go, yeah, you'd have to give it all up. You really do. And you have to open up your heart and allow the Spirit of God to touch your life. You'd have to give up sickness and disease. And addictions, absolutely. Insecurity and self-doubt, all that too. Now, you can choose to continue living in misery, depression, discouragement, fear, worry, anxiety, guilt, shame, condemnation, sickness, disease, addictions, insecurity, self-doubt. The list goes on and on. You can choose to hold on to all that. But Jesus wants us to receive freedom and liberty in our lives. At the end of this message, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make sure you, that Jesus lives in your heart and will help you open up your heart's door later in this message. Then thirdly, I use the phrase, saved people serve people, because once you get rescued from a life of sin and shame, you feel totally indebted to the one who saved you, and you have a high level of gratitude. You willingly choose a, a life of price over comfort. And, and, and one of the ways that you show your gratitude uh, and our willingness to live a life of price over comfort is by serving others, by serving others. Now, let me take a, some time here this morning and show you and help you understand why it's so important that Jesus came. I can only imagine how the 12 disciples felt when they lived their lives every day watching the heart of Jesus at work. Jesus had the ability to be in a crowd of people and sense the need of a single person, sense the need of the woman with the issue of blood, and sense the need of the man laying at the pool of Bethesda. And through his eyes of compassion, he saw things that were so important. He saw things others paid no attention to and offered miraculous answers to questions no one else even knew how to ask. 
Man, that's so important. That's an amazing part of what made Jesus so unique. One of my favorite examples of this is found in Luke 7, when Jesus is walking through the city of Nain. He crosses the path of a funeral procession and notices that the funeral was for a young man and the only son of a widow. He knew that without her son, the widow would not have the necessary provision, would not have security, and oftentimes would be uh, asked to leave her community. He told the woman, don't cry. And he wasn't just saying that to give her comfort. His deep well of compassion spilled over again as he turned to the young man and said to him, wake up. The Bible says the young man immediately sat up and Jesus presented him to his mother. That's an amazing story. That touches my heart every single time I read it or I hear the story. Imagine how this broken-hearted mother must have felt. Her beloved son back in her arms. Hope is restored for her future. What an amazing sight to have witnessed this miracle. Again, note this woman had not clawed at the feet of Jesus, begging for her son to be raised from the dead. Absolutely not. She wasn't even aware that Jesus was there. And she had other concerns and was simply thought that Jesus was a part of the crowd. And so, but that morning, everything changed because of the heart of Jesus. To Jesus, this was a divine appointment. To Jesus, this was an opportunity to help a precious woman, and he reached out and met her need. His act of service that day revolutionized that woman's life, changing her spiritually, emotionally, and physically forever. And think about the story times she must have had with her grandchildren <laughs> telling that story. See, I said all that to say that Jesus lived his life seeking opportunities to turn his love for people into action. Everything a servant's heart was all about. For us, seeing our world, our community, our work environments, our families through the compassionate eyes of Jesus. It's allowing him to show us where people are, where their needs are, what their struggles are, and then motivate us to action. See, it's time to stop our busyness long enough to notice the needs Jesus is longing for us to meet. Amen. Heaven sees it all. And when we connect with Christ, who is living on the inside of us, we'll also be able to see it at the same time. See, then like Jesus, we'll be able to pass the crowds and embrace the need of the one. It's a perfect verse of scripture that goes right along with this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says this, It is God himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. Isn't that amazing? That from the very beginning of time, I love this, Long ages ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. Wow. See, a Christian 
who doesn't serve others, a Christian who doesn't help others, listen, is one who is living way below their God-given potential. That's why serving is so important. Saved people serve. There's a price to pay. And from the very beginning of, of our existence as a church, man, people have paid the price to serve. Um, in every arena, that's what has made IFC the great church that it is. The privilege of serving. The privilege of paying the price over comfort. The privilege of making sure that people's needs are met from every walk of life and every opportunity. Making sure that from our, our children to our teenagers and our young adults and our adults uh, needs being met. That's the heart of who we are and that's the heart of who you are and that is so important that we learn and understand and be reminded in the midst of you know everything pouring in on us in the midst of everything wanting us to look only at ourselves it, we we must make sure that we continue to serve the way Jesus would want us to serve the desire to make a difference in others is planted in our hearts, in every human being. And it comes where? Directly from God. We can suffocate that desire in selfishness. We can silence it with competing demands and we can actually bypass it on the fast track of achievements. But at the end of the day, guess what? It's still there. This need, this desire to want to help others, to make a difference in somebody else's life. There's only one way to satisfy this God-birth desire. It's through serving. Listen to the, this is a very important statement that I believe really helps us put this all together today. We will only be able to change the world as we are able to serve those in it. Now think about that for a moment. We're living in a time where this world that we're living in, man, people are fighting and I, I, I read your comments and hear things that who's, who's fighting on one side of the political spectrum, on the other side of the political spectrum, uh, the, you know, Black Lives Matter, on and on it goes of what it is that people seem so caught up in and we must recognize that our heart of service really is what bridges what I call the credibility gap. The credibility gap. We Christians can talk all day long and yell at each other and yell at others, but really what makes the difference and what bridges the credibility gap is when we serve others. Serving sets us apart. Serving makes all the difference in the world. Serving. We can spend more of our time serving than thinking of ways on how to belittle and tear down people. Possibly one of the clearest pictures I see in the Bible that screams price over comfort is the example Jesus serves us. Jesus shows us when he serves in John chapter 13. It's just a few hours before Jesus is going to be arrested in just less of a day when he is going to face crucifixion. He and his 12 disciples are getting ready for the Passover meal, and this will be their last meal together. Jesus is aware of all the earth-shaking events that are taking place all around him and unfolding, 
But the, the disciples still don't have a clue of the bigger picture that's taking place. Lingering in the air is the obvious tension of what's happening amongst the disciples as they bicker back and forth on who's the greatest and who's the number one and who is the most important disciple. And, and ironically, in just a few hours, they are all going to be fleeing from Jesus and scattering to hide and save their own lives. Um, and, and many of them be in a place where they are going to be overwhelmed by the circumstances that take place. See, greatness was still a long way off for these men. Then Jesus did something remarkable. Oh my goodness, something remarkable. And I believe that this remarkable um, act of service changes everything. It really does. It helps us see his heart in such a profound way. As they walked into a place that they were about to experience the Passover meal, Jesus heard their argument. I can only imagine how he must have felt as he was with them for three and a half years trying to build character in them and trying to bring out the assignment on their lives. And here he's about to leave them. And this responsibility of carrying his message was about to be placed on them. And so when Jesus was in this place, he did what? He did this remarkable act of service. He got up from the meal. He took off his outer garment, took the towel from the basin at the entrance of this house, and he wrapped it around his waist. The disciples were shocked. And putting on the towel is a huge statement. Jesus was their rabbi and, and their leader, and it was culturally inconceivable that he would take this towel and put it on. Jesus chose price over comfort. It was customary that there be a basin at the entrance of every home so that when the guests came in, they would be able to have their feet washed. The dirty roads and the roads covered with filth and animal waste and everything else. And since sandals were the shoes of the day, people's feet would be just plain old nasty and dirty. Having their feet washed wasn't a luxury. It was an absolute necessity. But the guest would not be expected to wash his own feet. His feet would be washed by the lowest paid servant or the least ranking servant of that house. That night, each of the disciples passed right by that basin. Now they knew that because this house was a rented house, that there wouldn't be servants there to wash the feet of those that would walk in. But each one of them walked right by that basin, knowing full well that, that when they walked by it, they were making a choice that they would not be the one that would wash others' feet. And so the, by default, they chose comfort over price. Then Jesus messed with their heads by taking the towel himself. He noticed all this. He watched all this take place. He realized what they were doing. He realized that there was just way too much pride. And if somebody chose to do it, then they weren't obviously one of the greatest. So no one was given up here. No one was giving in here. Jesus realized this and he 
says this and describes the moment in John 13, verse 1. It says, It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. See, that's so powerful that he would realize at that moment that his showing his love and being the example of choosing price over comfort was going to be something that was so very important. He carried the basin over to his disciples. He knelt down and began to remove each of their sandals and wash their feet from the filth of their journey. Certainly they felt ashamed. I'm sure they were totally embarrassed to have their master do what they were way too proud to do. And they would not pay the price to do. Once Jesus was done washing their feet, he got up from the, from, uh, the floor and, and put the basin away and took the towel and and put it away and put his robe back on. And in the moment, uh, the moments that that took to happen, could you imagine the awkwardness of the silence in that room? The silence of people feeling like, I can't believe that I just let my teacher, my rabbi, my master do that. Jesus broke the silence. And he said this in John 13, 12 through 17. He said, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Verily, truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Wow, what a description. What a description of, of, of this important example, not only for the disciples, but for every one of us as believers. It's as if he's saying, look, it's been more than three years and we need to put to end this competition and pride thing that's going on. If you really want to understand the gospel, if you really want to understand why you should choose price over comfort, if you really want to be able to truly be great, you will all need to step up and become a servant. Jesus was saying to his disciples and he's saying to us, You're never going to be able to impact and influence your world and make a lasting difference if you don't change your focus off yourself and begin to start adding value to others. A significant life is about a towel. Everything else is empty. You will never experience the full life of Christ that he has for promise for you until you see others as he sees them and serve them as Jesus serves them. Man, what a, what a great example today. What a great, uh, important 
peace of understanding. And I pray that you're hearing this and the impartation of this word is getting deep on the inside of you so you can make whatever adjustment we need to make during this season of our lives. See, what's the purpose of a towel? We, we think about the life of a towel and, and we, we understand that the purpose of a towel is to work. The purpose of the towel is to absolutely get busy and get down and, and recognize the work that needs to be done. Jesus took a towel. That's the texture of the church. That's the texture of ministry. That's the texture of service. It's not something fancy or silky or whatever. It's the it's simple terry cloth. It's the kind of church that we are, IFC, where we roll up our sleeves and we ask God, help us to make a difference in our neighborhood. Help us to make a difference in our community. Help us to make a difference um, in our world around us. And that's who we are. That's what this church was birthed out of. And that's a part of our DNA is service and, and recognizing our need to be a blessing to others. We need to recognize that this is kingdom work and we need to get busy and clean up some messes and, and help people with, with their, their, their dysfunction and their craziness and all that's going on in their lives. Service changes everything. Service helps us and this heart that really represents Jesus really helps us recognize who the church really is. The Bible says that one of the reasons why Jesus came was not to be served, but to serve. If serving was good enough for Jesus, right? It's definitely good enough for you and me. We all have had those times where there was a need and, and we didn't fulfill it, right? We walked away from it or turned our back on it or ignored it and pretended it wasn't there. And we've all done that because we didn't necessarily want to pay the price. Um, the loss of time or the loss of money or the loss of status or reputation or, or we'd rather be doing something else. But Jesus didn't see picking up the towel and serving another person as a loss of anything. In fact, he told his disciples, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. That was an important statement. Blessed in what way? Blessed in what way? See, I believe when we understand this blessing, your life is more fruitful, your life is more fulfilled, and your life is more fun. See, that's what happens when we serve. Men, we're more fruitful. There's a whole lot more spiritual production in our lives. There's something about our lives because of fruitfulness, and we need to be fruitful. And there's something that happens. You're fulfilled, man. You can put your head at the, uh, uh, at the, on the pillow at the end of the day realizing, man, I, I helped some folks today. There's something that is so fulfilling about serving others. And you know, by time when you realize fruitfulness and fulfillment is so wonderful, man, you realize this is fun. This is fun serving others. This is fun giving my life to help other people and to make a difference in their lives. And so you become an instrument of change. You really do. And there's nothing like being fulfilled and, and full of joy and fun and the excitement that realizes my life has been fruitful. Amen. See, God always gives more than we do. And every time we serve others, 
God will see to it that we are personally blessed, no doubt about it, far more um, than we could ever imagine. There's just such a blessing in serving. Now, I don't serve necessarily to experience just the blessing. It is a byproduct. And my heart to serve and our heart to serve makes all the difference in the world. Amen. I want to make a difference in life. And I have a hunch that you want to do the same thing. You want to make a difference. And in order to make a difference that breaks us out of our personal limitations, we have to take on a dream and a vision that's bigger than ourselves. And I can't think of a better place to, to, to serve than here at IFC because we have this vision that's so much bigger than ourselves to help people and to reach out and to make a difference in every level of society. Amen. And so, in fact, I believe with all my heart that this collective effort, when we make this collective effort to work together, uh, even during these crazy times, during a pandemic, and we put our, our, our forces and our love and our resources and our creativity and our collective love together, right? It really makes a difference. And we really represent God and represent um, the, the life of service in a very special way. See, when you serve your family, when you serve your church family, when you serve your neighborhoods, it's one of the highest honors. It really is. It's a high honor to have a heart of a servant. It's a high honor to serve those who are in need. See, there are blessings that we haven't even yet experienced that only come by choosing price over comfort, by going the extra mile by serving others. When you serve others, you are most like Jesus. Man, that's so good. There are blessings yet to be in store that are reserved for you and me, those who serve and those who bless others and those who lay their lives down and those who desire to pay the price. And I pray that in this three-part series that we've um, experienced that this price over comfort, that you'll go back and listen to part one and part two and really get this on the inside of you. Because I don't want this just to be three nice words in a three-part sermon. I want this to be something that is real to you because price over comfort is really the heart of God. And recognizing that we're not settling, we're not going to do it the easy way, that we are truly understanding that when I give my heart to Jesus, when we give our lives to Christ, there's this price that we're willing to pay. Price in our service, price in our growth, price in every area of our lives, that we make sure that our hearts are always right with God. If you've gotten lazy and, and service is something that maybe once upon a time you were uh, you know, engaged in and a part of, I'm telling you, it's so important that we get back to that heart of a servant. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this opportunity that I've had to minister God's Word today. Thank you for the examples from God's Word today. Thank you that, that it's a picture of us opening up our hearts and recognizing why we're here on this earth, why we've given our lives to Christ, and why that saved people should serve people. 
And may we represent that well here at IFC. May we, the safe people, recognize how valuable it is to live our lives helping others, serving others, from our neighborhood to the nations, for your honor and for your glory. Amen. I want to make sure today that this divine exchange happens in your life. I want to make sure that you who don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you who are still in a place where you're not sure if heaven is your home, you're not sure that your sins are forgiven. I believe with all my heart that when you do, life will change in a very wonderful way. I want to pray for you. Make sure that Jesus lives inside of your heart so this divine exchange can happen for you in your life. Pray this prayer with me. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. Please forgive me for my sin. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. It's my desire to serve you all the days of my life. I receive forgiveness. I receive salvation. I receive eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Continue the conversation. Let's stay connected. We sure do love you. We bless you. Have an amazing afternoon. Bye-bye.